Yes, yes, the people. Welcome back to, um, I guess, the the review of the of the 2021 NFL draft on the on the pint size pod. Here, I am joined by the whole crew uh, plus one more. Uh, it's actually going to be a sort of a a sort of a mixed mixed pod this week with the NFL fans UK. We're joined by Theo from there. How are you doing, Theo? You're good. Yeah, thank you very much for, for having me on. It's a uh, it's a pleasure to be here, and I, I can't wait to to break down this draft with you lot. It's going to be immense, isn't it? Um, just tell us to. I think um, anyone who's listening will probably know who who uh, the other guys are, are are fans of. What who who is your team again? Uh, yeah, my team is the the Seahawks. Uh, I've been a fan for about five six years now. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, I mean, I'm a Seahawks fan, but I, I know uh, you know a lot about the NFL, a lot about all the teams. Um, you know, in the last year, I've really been able to focus on the NFL with the with all the lockdowns and that. So, um, sure. yeah, I can't wait to discuss it here. Yeah, for sure. How's everyone else doing? I've just realised that. Just, uh, just, just a quick one, Alex. Are you trying to, <laughs> are you trying to mess with me here? Are you just picking all the teams that the Packers have lost to in the NFC Championship <laughs> for the past ten years? We've not had any. There are, there are quite a few teams I might have. Twenty-four guests next week. He's had you, He's had you. No, it's Aaron Rodgers' agent next week, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how are we doing, Joe, Ross, James? All good? Very good. Very caught, up good. On our, caught up on our sleep after after a hectic few days over the weekend? Yes, and um, I think obviously it was a good draft for probably four or five people on this call. Um, there was a bit of a draft hoo-ha in Green Bay, I think, so we might, <laughs> might want to spend some time on getting them on stop. Oh, button. yeah. For sure, yeah, yeah. We'll definitely cover that. I mean, it didn't even, it sort of it sort of surpassed the draft, really, and it? it was sort of uh individual to the draft almost, but all like still involved the draft anyway. So we'll definitely cover that. Um anyone particularly think um anything of the first pick, anything, anything interesting, <laughs> anything interesting to discuss from there? I personally don't think so, other than the fact yeah, that yeah, to be honest, no. Other than the fact that Lawrence decided they did, they didn't want to go, but fair enough. I mean, people want to spend that time with a family, don't they? Yeah. The, the only thing I would add is he, he was the start of some interesting suits. So um, his was the first. I think his was green, wasn't it? And then uh, yeah, I think they got yeah. more interesting from then on in. But his was quite lucky. I'm surprised he didn't. I did, I'm surprised he wasn't. He didn't have like a Jacksonville blazer on or something. Some red. <laughs> he probably already knew. Well, I definitely would have already known. I think I'm pretty sure they would have uh, coordinated that with him. Um, but yeah, the first guy, the first guy that we saw walk out on draft night was um, some 13 year old kid. I think um, <laughs> that's what it looked. That's what it looked like, anyways. And the, uh, he put us. He put himself a Jets hat on. So yeah, as we all know, uh, Zach Wilson ended up going to the to the Jets. I do think they put some pieces, interesting pieces, um, definitely in 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 there later on specifically, um, and I, they had themselves a decent little draft. I think um, they'll certainly be interesting last uh, next year more than they were more more so than they were last year. Definitely, uh, they're in they're in your division, James. Uh, any worries? Um, I like the fact that they took Elijah Moore. That was a good pick, especially with um, Wilson, obviously. Going second, giving him a weapon. Um, I know he's not obviously wasn't taken in the draft, but Mims as well. I think with That's him good, and yeah. with him and Moore, I think they've got a decent uh, receiving core there. So yeah, not worried in the such that I think they'll be on a winning a winning record or anything like that yet. But I think the fact that they've loaded the offense um, and then thought we'll just let Salah 
try and um, coach our our defense. It's yeah. probably a good move, to be honest with you. I think I think they did almost roles reversed of what we did last year in terms of they were like ah, the defense and they've got they've got Salah there. Haven't really haven't really got anyone else. But apart from mm. the coach, but they've gone. I will probably we'll score forty, and then you can you can score thirty five, you know, or whatever. Um, is there enough? Do they, do they have enough protection there? I'm still thinking. I mean, I really love that Beckton. Beckton will be uh, will be will come on a lot for his for his first year, from his first year there last year. And like you say, you mentioned Mims, Denzel Mims. Um, I think he was a really good. Uh, he's a good wideout. He's got good length, and he's a he's a good go up and grab it guy. Um, you know, I still I think we talked we talked about on the preview. Has Zach Wilson done enough to, to prove us that that he's got that he's got no drop off that he is that he is really really that talented? Yeah, you, it's, you a weird, it's a weird on. one. I on, I I thought he'd be number two overall like from the start. Obviously, going up with Fields as a tight as as like tough, tough competition, but in theory, statistically, and like conferences that they played on, Fields should have been seen as the better player. I just prefer, I think maybe seeing the success of Herbert last season, he kind of mirrors that and whether they've wanted to then go for that kind of like carbon copy-esque player to then go for and then obviously give him extra weapons as well um, is probably the reason why they've picked him to overall. Anything on insight on that, Theo? What do you, what do you, what do you think? Um, well, from what I know, uh, it, it was always going to be Zach Wilson at two. That was that was almost penciled in from the, the moment that the whole draft process started. Um, but no, I, I I agree with Joe. I think it's a bit interesting that um, Justin Fields, who throughout the season was thought of as always the number two guy, and you know it, how 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 much of a drop off is there from from Lawrence to to, to Fields. Um, but I think that the, it's sort of the Patrick Mahomes effect. You see that the Chiefs sort of took a flyer on him, and, and and that you know came back tenfold. And teams are now looking at these players that can be really dynamic when the play breaks down. And um, I think Justin Fields had Iowa State to blame for for his fall. They haven't really produced any good quarterbacks. I, I don't think for decades now. Um, whereas you know Zach Wilson is it was so dynamic this year that I, I don't really think there was any debate in NFL circles that, that he was ever not going to be the number two pick. Yeah, I I agree there. Um, I, I I pick up on your point. I think I did mention that in the in the in the preview show in the in the thing show that uh, me and Ross have have, have um, debated that as well. Ohio State is a very much a, a one read system a quarterback. It's it's very much not it's not pro style. So they'll give you one read if it's not there then. Well, obviously, Fields has the athleticism to be able to tuck it and run, you know. And I think, like, he's um, he is that athletically gifted to be able to do that. But does them does them years in college, you know, having having that one read system, does that take away his ability to then to then go the other side of the field, you know? And like you say, I, I think his his vision is definitely one of his knocks. Then we came into some. Well, I mean, we will speak about Fields in a bit because I do think that was one of the moves of the round. Uh, of round one specifically when the Bears moved up uh, to to take fields and when some other teams notably passed on him, uh, we will we'll we'll definitely go over that. Um, but yeah, like you said, um, Wilson and Wilson and Fields were definitely there for me one and two, and, and we'll we'll see. I mean, I guess we'll see. Like you say, it's a, it's a crapshoot pretty much, isn't it? We all know this, and and we'll see who comes out on top. Then we move to number three, and um, someone's someone's uh, bum was twitching. I think. <laughs> he didn't jump off the time weir. That's the main thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Alex, Alex will tell you that my biggest fear was like the broadband went down in the house at about one o'clock in the morning. So I thought I was just going to have to wake up to some sad news about who we'd chosen. But um, yes, it was obviously well disguised for no apparent reason whatsoever by the 49ers. They didn't even tell coaches and scouts who, who the third pick was going to be, but it was Trey Lance. I think for what Theo said, that Patrick Mahomes, I think the Guardian did an article on that Mahomesification of the draft, saying that that ability to improvise, that ability to move your feet and, and extend the players has, has seemed to have taken over people's thinking when it comes to quarterbacks. And that was probably the, the knock on Mac Jones, which James will come to later and probably doesn't bother New England as much. He's been set up under Tom Brady's uh, ability to move over the years. But it was a relief pick, I think. For whatever reason, everybody knew Zach Wilson was going to the Jets, which probably meant why Philadelphia traded back as readily as they did. The only thing I would say with Trey Lance is he probably benefits from what Fields suffers from because Fields played last year and Lance didn't. And I think that seems to have hurt some people more than others. And Lance seems to have benefited from it. There's two things I think that have come from that. I think Jimmy Garoppolo now will stay and probably start if he's fit because Lance is an unknown. I think he's had less than 400 dropbacks, I think, in college, which is an incredibly small amount there. So there's that question mark over him, but you know, I'm just pleased it wasn't Mac Jones. I'll I'll leave it there. I'll let other people come in on that point. But I, I think it was just a relief in the Santa Clara area now as it is, uh, that it wasn't going to be Mac Jones because it felt like an awful lot to give up. And the one thing I will actually add is, and I don't know if it's been confirmed, but I think Lynch did mention it, that we probably were interested in Aaron's availability in Green Bay and what that would have meant if they accepted that phone call in Green Bay and discussed it more than what that would have meant for Trey Lance and what that means for Trey Lance, knowing he probably still isn't the first pick if the if it was all said and done properly. But that, that was probably the only other takeaway, that it does sound like we did, did inquire into the, the MVP's availability and we know that he's a 49ers fan as a as a child. So that was an interesting development on draft day. And I think Aaron Rodgers just likes creating drama, doesn't he? So um, that yeah. was the only additional thing there on that pick from me, Alex. So, yeah. yeah, fair enough. I think we'll, um, when we, once we encounter, I think a pick like that, where um, obviously you are a 49ers fan, you know a lot about um, your draft. I'd, I would like to go to dive into your draft, not just the the, the number three pick. Um, how, how, how was the draft for you? How did you rate it? Um, interesting. I like the running back, uh, Sermon. Uh, I think he looks like a good, a good prospect. And I think Kyle Shanahan likes running backs. And I think we'll have at least three or four that are good to go. So I think that was a useful pick. Um, second round, Banks, I think, was by all reports a bit of a funny one. Um, you know, it, defensive guard position. But some people think that's a reach, even though we traded back a little bit to get him. Um, that was a funny one as well, but we've, we've obviously had issues in the secondary. Sherman, no no clarification on what's going to happen with Richard Sherman post the draft. So we do lack a lot at the secondary position. So it looks like we've tried to strengthen there as well. But I think the overall impression is we've made some solid picks, but it's a 93-man roster, I think, as we speak today. So that needs to be culled by 40 players. So um, although we seem to be stacked in some positions, I still think there's issues at cornerback. I think that's one. I don't think there's anything out there really. And I'd still would like to have seen the wide receiver. And that might mean someone in free agency, unless somebody's going to trade a decent player 
across the across the space. I think those are still the two areas for me, Alex. I think if we are vulnerable at the corner position, and I think we are vulnerable at wide receiver, especially with Debo's history of being unfit rather than fit. So um, still some question marks there, but I do think there wasn't really the value at either position for us once we took Trey Lance. But once we did that, we kind of snookered ourselves with the wide receiver and for the, the cornerback position. So the top players have probably gone by then. But a solid draft, and it'll be more of a challenge getting that squad down to the 53-man roster rather than it will be worried about bringing anybody else in in the short term, I think. so. Yeah. What was your favourite pick then? Trey Lance, because it wasn't Mac Jones. So it's just, <laughs> it was nothing. <laughs> and, you know, and, and James, you know, we could have a conversation in four years' time, and Mac Jones might have three Super Bowls and all those things, and, and that is the way the draft goes. But I just think it it would have felt like we'd given up the farm for a player that nobody else thought was was worth it and doesn't excite um, either. Trey Lance excites for all the things he could be good at, but I'm sure lots of things he's pretty bad at, but that to me would be the one because it just felt like a, a bit of a reset at the quarterback position for a team that probably just needs a little bit of athleticism, especially in a division with Kyla Murray and Russell Wilson, who are notoriously you know, famous for extended players and, and making things happen and, and have done so against us and give us all sorts of troubles by doing that. So that that's the main thing. I think Trey Lance is, is, the, is the, the great unknown, but it's an exciting unknown for us as well. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure, it gives you it gives you that that new lease of life as a fan, really. And like um, we've all said, I think we've said it before, and I, I don't know whether it was the first NFL one we did or the second. Um, Shanahan's system requires a lot of movement, um, which is why your 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 squad needs to be real deep anyway because of injuries. But also, Lance gives you that mobility, and then he gives you that two hundred and forty pound big body guy who can who can knock a few people off if he needs to, you know. Um, he's not going to be a burner. He's not going to. He's not going to Lamar Jackson his way out of there, and and he probably does need to see the field a bit better because he hasn't had that. He hasn't had them snaps in college, you know, to to be able to. But you can't knock someone for for having not done something, you know. If the, if he doesn't have the experience, you can say he, he's not experienced enough. Um, but if that's not that's that's not the knock on him. Um, like you say, you mentioned that as well. I, I liked your your running back pick. I think in that system where you're, you're running zone reads to the outside. You need quite a lot of scat backs, quite a lot of chase of pace, change of pace backs. Obviously, most is an absolute burner, probably one of the fastest guys in the league. Um, but you have to have someone behind him, you know, even with us having McCaffrey and whatever, you need you need these guys behind him, you know. McCaffrey yeah. probably needs a bigger guy behind him um, to go in between. But you, you, yeah, you, you certainly need your rotation. I think you probably used about four or five last year regularly. Like that's why 49ers running backs always absolutely padded stats. But you could never pick one for fantasy because you, 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 nobody knew who would get it. Jeff yeah. Wilson was scoring hat tricks every week, and nobody <laughs> because he was getting all the short downage work uh, yeah. at the goal at the goal line, you know. And yeah, I think I think you had, had yourself a solid draft, and you know you got someone to be to 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 build your franchise on essentially. Um, although it doesn't need that much building, and I think we also as well from the analysis of 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 all the of all the of all the, the draft analysts, I guess that we saw. The, the quarterback that probably was going to have the most success, not necessarily the best in the draft, but the one who would have the most success um, sooner w- would be the number three pick, whoever it was, because that system and the coaching would be a lot better than yeah. and, the, and, the, and the roster, I guess, as well, because you landed at three with a, with a decent roster. You know, you were, you were absolutely um, decimated by injuries last year, so you probably have a top 10 roster in the, in the, in the whole league. But ended up drafting yourself, um, trading yourself to be able to get to three, you know, and that means that 
with the under the under Shanahan's guide and and with that roster, um, Trey Trey Lance has been put in an absolutely amazing position to be able to succeed. And like you said as well, probably means that Jimmy stays around because he doesn't have to start um, start straight away and getting past that Thanksgiving, giving him that time in an NFL setup. If he does start past Thanksgiving, then he probably has then a bit more experience and, and a bit more, um, I guess, time under his belt under under that system to be able to then start. But if you're saying to someone, right, uh, September, first week of September, you're starting, no matter what, puts puts guys under a lot of pressure. And we've seen people like Donald crumble under that sort of pressure, you know, no matter, even, even with the... Even with the prestige that he came from, uh, came with the college and the talent that he's, I, I do think he still got. He crumbled because of the because of the pressure and the, and the team around him. But I don't think that that's going to happen to Lance. Anything else to add on that, boys? Theo, James, Joe. Yeah, what I would say is, I know you said you've got deficiencies at corner, but that is a a premium position where this it's really hard to find a market for corners like at all, whether in free agency or the draft. And that corners were getting taken early. They were like being like second and third round picks were being taken late first, early second round for corners right off the bat. So that meant you couldn't capitalize on getting anyone decent apart from people with like deficiencies in tackling or speed or size. And it's like, what kind of trade off do you want here? And I guess. I guess it's it, it can be okay having deficiencies at corner It's something that can burn you like at important moments. But if you're gonna look at how the 49ers went and they obviously trying to build they're trying to build that offense, build that dynamic offense, which Lance will be, whether it's next this year or next year, I think it's the smart it's the smart move to play, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Who's who's your who's your defensive coordinator now, Ross? That I don't know. I was having a quick look at that when I was gonna ask there uh, when you were asking there, because I was wondering who we did bring in. So you can keep talking, I will find out. Yeah, I, I was well, I was just gonna make a it just doesn't ring a bell as much as Salah did because he was such a yeah yeah. I was just gonna say if you if you get that if you get that line back to back to full strength, you know, with um, especially with Bosa coming off the edge, you, you're gonna get a lot of. You, I mean, they're not gonna have enough to, if, if he's if he's at his best, they're not gonna get a lot of time to throw. And it, as long as you've got a decent enough defensive coordinator, you can scheme that. You can scheme a zone on one side where if you think they're getting a they're getting on top of you at one side, you can scheme. You can scheme a shallow zone there, so they're not going to be able to get a pass off quick. Bosa gets there, what three seconds under three seconds, then that that becomes a little bit less of a problem, you know? Yeah, it's the Miko Ryan's by the way who's promoted internally, right. and you were promoted inside. But yeah, I mean, and to be fair, Richard Sherman got burned the times he was on the pitch last year. He was a player slowing down. Uh, Theo Theo's team knew when Richard's best days, I think, were behind him. So it's like Joe says, it's it's a difficult position. You're probably better being having a good quarterback and picking in the mid mid of the first round to get yourself a corner because they're not glamorous, but they're needed. But it, it doesn't seem like it's something you'd spend a lot of draft capital getting. So that could be the one. It'd be interesting. I mean, the other interesting thing for me will be who else wanted Trey Lance in our minds that made we do what we did because it was it Atlanta. I don't, yeah, was it, it's, I don't know who it was that made us feel like we needed to do something pretty quick to get him because, um, it is a lot to give. So he's under some pressure in that way. And so is Shanahan and so is Lynch. Let's not pretend um, they're going to have to go in a tough division. Luckily for us, the Cardinals are, are drafting like it's 2012 with Andrew. <laughs> so that's the, that's the only thing. But and, and the Rams will be an interesting one. But uh, the Seahawks under Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson are always a, at least 10 wins, I would think. So it's going to be tough. But 
Yeah, nice. Rams, Ram, new look Rams with Stafford as well. Yeah, I was just gonna, just to add on to your point there that nobody we didn't know who. Obviously, Shanahan was aggressive in terms of getting who he wanted. We now know that that was probably always Lance, um, because you don't make that sort of move unless you know exactly who you want. Um, just with us saying there, obviously, Fitter and 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 Rule and probably Tepper as well. Um, maybe had it in the back of their minds that you, we didn't know we didn't know exactly who you were gonna pick. Um, and because of that, I think the fact that we waited to take Donald's fifth year option might have meant that if Lance had had had, had dropped to eight, we would have been tempted to pull that trigger, you know. Uh, maybe we had him so much higher than Fields. I don't know, but it's just the fact that we waited until until literally after the first round. So one pick, JC Horn. One pick, then we've when we've um we've we've taken up Sam Donald's fifth year. So that makes me think, mm, do we did we because then Fields had dropped. We knew we weren't getting Lawrence. We knew we weren't getting Wilson. Everyone else was there other than Lance. Does that mean we wanted Lance or we just weren't sure if he did, if we were going to take him at eight or not? Anyway, that decision got taken away from us and, um, you know, we, we, we took JC Horn. But I, I do think it's interesting to think, to, to, to think about the fact that that, that, that fifth-year uh, fifth option of Donald wasn't taken up until after we knew what had happened in the first round. Not even, not even, they didn't even wait till the, till the after the seventh. They wait till after the first round. Gone. All right, we definitely want you, Donald. Here you go. Here's a fifth year option. It's a, it's, a, it's an interesting one, anyway. I'm sure we'll we'll speak about that in a bit. Um, let's rattle through four seven. Um, there is some there is some interesting picks there. Um, for at four, obviously, um, the the Falcons taken probably one of the 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 best the best athletes to come out of college in a while, no, Joe? Yeah, he's an absolute monster. Uh, yeah. You were saying on the last podcast that, like, to convert him into a wide receiver, like, just, Johnson, how much, sorry, yeah, yeah. Just, just in terms of how much of an absolute animal he is. Yeah. Um, I say, obviously, I know that they have to stick with Ryan, don't they? That That's my issue with the Falcons, is they're, like, they're, they're in for, a, like, a serious world of pain. Like, as any player getting drafted highly, I think, like, the Falcons would probably be one of the worst options to land to. Like, at the moment, it's just kind of like a sad franchise that's just slowly and slowly declining. If anyone else thinks that there's something else with that, then they're free to jump in. But, like, <laughs> as far as I can see, that there's, there's there's not much of an upside of going to Atlanta. What Let's see let's see what impact he can make, like. But... Yeah. I, just, well, like, <laughs> I agree. And it's the defence, isn't it? That they couldn't pass on pits, but that big problem is they're just going to be in so many shootouts, and it just feels like a, a long way back for that. Fog. That looked probably two or three years ago under Shanahan, his offensive coordinator, like a team destined to to make the jump, and it just seemed to be a story. Maybe the Chargers about five, six years ago, where they were just a perennial eight and eight team, just mm. neither nothing or something, and never really close to making a big jump either way. But um, yeah. I do agree. Sorry, I was on that point. Yeah, Theo, James, you have them. You have them that high on your boards. I do agree, but I think they've got some weapons, haven't they? That offense, blowing neck. Calvin Ridley, Jones, now Pitts. Lots. I'm going to score points. That's for sure. Uh, big, big boy, uh, big boy Davis in the backfield as well. They haven't. They still haven't got it. They haven't got a number one running back. I mean, Mike Davis is. They're going to have to rely on Mike. I mean, Mike Davis was absolutely tremendous for us last year. But they're going to have to. Um, they haven't really got a change of pace guy, so they're going to have to re- rely on him trundling his way through. Um, yeah, shout, shout out to Mike Davis for saving my fantasy last season after Saquon died. So yeah, he's a, he's a good lad. What about you, Theo? Any any thoughts on on them first four picks? 
Um, just something I would add on on the Falcons. Obviously, you spoke there about the defensive deficiencies, um, but I really, really like their their second round pick. Uh, pick forty, they took um, Richie Grant, safety out of uh, UCF, and um, he was sort of an, an under the radar prospect. But I, I, I've watched this guy for about two, three years now, and and he's an absolute ball hawk. He's a he's a hybrid safety. He can play free safety. He can play down in the box, um, and I think that. The Falcons, I'm okay with them uh, sticking with Matt Ryan because I still think he's got two years in him. If you can put him in a system where you're getting the ball out quickly uh, and you're using your tight ends, you're using your running backs, I think that puts less pressure on the defense. And when you've got playmakers on the back end on the defense and you can create turnovers, you get you know, you have that positive turnover margin and it makes games so much easier. So I like what the Falcons have done. I like that they've got a great, great new tight end in Carl Pitts. Um, obviously, they're going to they're gonna need to have a strong running game and they're going to need to protect Ryan because he's, he's, no, he's, he's not mobile at all. Um, but I think, I think it'll be interesting to see what they do this year. Do I think they'll be a playoff team? Probably not in that division. Um, but I could see them getting maybe 10 wins. But obviously that, that defense is, is still a worry. But obviously Carl Pitts was number two. Uh, a lot of people dropped a lot of great. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know if it's just because of the namesake, but um, Richie Grant this year, I, I, I've been looking at results because the Panthers need desperately need a safety. Um, and I, he reminds me of um, Grant Delpit coming out last year from LSU. An undersized safety who will play sort of underneath, um, but can smash it up in the box as well. You know, the Browns took him as well, very much a Browns player. I'm actually a massive fan of the Browns draft this year. They've done a lot. And, Agreed. Yeah. They t- like, even from the fourth round, man, they were taking depth players just because they have everything. Like, they have they have pretty much depth uh, and, and quality in, in pretty much all of their skill positions. Um, and I really like the corner they took as well. Um, but yeah, that Delpit was he was injured last year, so he'll come back in this year and and be and be a safety for them. Um, yeah, so the what what Theo was saying there about the about really liking Falcons taking taking Richie Grant. I think Grant Delpit is a is a great is a great um, sort of prospect comparison. And he was injured last year, so we couldn't see how well he did. But I mean, Jamal Adams is, is similar. They're not they're not as dominant in the run game, but they will come up and like Theo said in the box. And 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 hit hard, you know, and and they won't miss tackles, and and these sort of big big name, not big name, but big school players, uh, will do that for them because the coaches will make you tackle, you know. Um, but yeah, like you like you were saying, James, it, it was it's hard for the Falcons not to pick, not to pick, um, not to pick Pitts there. He's he's so good, and and they've got an absolutely incredible incredible lineup. Uh, hence why. We need incredible defense, and, and and why we took who we did, which we will talk about in a bit. But we need all the help we can get against them, you know. And and luckily they are a bit dysfunctional, um, because I, I, let's see what Arthur Smith does as well. Like I say, we mentioned last time um, that Arthur Smith is a, is a massive tight end guy, and will take um, will like look at developing tight ends and use a big tight end system like he did in like he did when he was in the, uh, in Tennessee with Fisker and with John Smith, but. I mean, I do think it, it, it's worth a while, especially like Ross said last time as well, with with Julio being not quite sure what's what's going on. If he if loses, uh, if Pitts decides to lose uh, lose a bit of weight, slim down a bit, 
sharpen himself up. Not that he's slow at all, obviously, but sharpen himself up um, and and get outside. You know, put him put himself between the numbers as a as a as a number one receiver, Calvin Cal, Calvin Ridley style. You know, uh, Calvin Johnson style. Sorry, I'm, I'm talking about Calvin Ridley from the from the Falcons. Yeah. <laughs> They could kill a few teams' playoff hopes. The Falcons, I think, Theo makes a good point. They're going to score some points on some teams, and it might be a team that needs to win and gets turned over when because you're going to have to probably play four cornerbacks against them in some games and some lineups because they they just look frightening if they keep Julio Jones. So good luck in your division, Alex, because you've got to face that yeah. twice. So um, your your new corner better be good. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's also Jameis led, so our new corner is going to get about forty five interceptions <laughs> in his first year. <laughs> he probably he probably get absolutely. James will probably score loads of points on him as well. But uh, yeah, um, all right, number five. Then did we expect? I I didn't expect the Bengals to go there, man. I I I know it was a sort of toss up that we'd seen and we've seen from all sort of um, all pundits and all analysts and all this that it's a toss up between the two. I really really expected them to go soon. And they didn't. I. I just think, do you think they got the okay from Burrow to do it? There's a lot of this all like bromance thing between like him and Chase. Yeah. And it's like, but like you literally had like not a career ending injury, but like quite a really serious injury in your rookie year. And I get it. They've obviously said, listen, the, the, the like lineman draft is incredibly deep this year. We can get something at whatever pick, whatever, 45, 46 to help you. We'll also draft more linemen, whether it be like centers in the fourth round and things like that. But it's like, you've got like, just get, if you get a dominant left tackle, it's just like, is, isn't that, that will make your quarterback just feel and play better. Like the security of having it. Like when Rogers plays with Bakhtiari, you can, he just plays better knowing that that man's there covering his blind side. Like yeah. it, it's like the the mental of having him there. Obviously, I know he's a rookie, and it's going to be like some serious pressure having like. But he is, as you said, he is a dominant left tackle in college. Anyway, like why would that not translate into the NFL? Especially when he's built like a garage door. Like he's pretty quick as well. Like I guess obviously Chase's class, um, but they should have they should have they should have drafted a lineman man. Like really. Really, that's that's the one thing they're not really talking about. I just think the Bengals had a poor draft purely on that pick, man. Yeah. Like, I just I just don't understand why they did it I at think all. There was a few sort of hints, though, wasn't there? I think like Peter King was, was saying it'll be Chase because they've been told Chase is that generational talent like Pitts, and their in Sewell is probably not. And that, but I, and I wonder the forum for that we might never get another Chase. But uh, I think, Alex, you mentioned there's that meme where, you know, Chase is racing three three in the secondary, but the ball's getting nowhere near him because Burrow's on his back being sacked again. And in, and I think, especially for the Bengals, I agree with Joe, they're not in win now. That's not a division they are going to win in the next two years, I don't think. So I think you do what Detroit are doing. I don't think you do this flashy... It's the sort of thing Jerry Jones would have picked five years ago when he was making very little sense to me. It's a... It is a strange one, and you know they're probably going to be good to watch. But probably, he's going to be running for his life yet again, isn't he? I think so. I do agree with Joe. It was a bit strange. I could understand it, but I still think it's yeah. strange. Even pre-Borough injury, they had the worst line in the league. It was just a revolving door. It was horrendous. Maybe to be fair, the Eagles as well, pretty poor. But it's like that when that's a glaring hole, it's something that needs to be patched ASAP, especially when you've got like a what they all see as a generational QB talent that can be their franchise QB. 
like come on save him for at least a couple of years to develop man and not get slapped for get 30 sacked 30 times or something do you know what i mean yeah you got to give him a chance theo any 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 insight there on the, on the fifth pick bengal's taking chase over over Sue? Um, well i don't think it should come as a great surprise i think it's sort of the move that a Beng- the bengal's would make i mean they're not you know they're not a winning team. Yeah, uh, you know they were in the you know they're in the playoffs. You know years ago with Marvin Lewis, but they they never really won anything. Um, so I think this is uh, you've got uh, you've got their head coach is the former Rams guy, and he wants to run that up tempo of offense. He wants to have those playmakers on the outside. But what he, he what the Rams have that he doesn't. The Rams have Andrew Whitworth at left tackle, and he is the stalwart. He is what allows that line to and allows the quarterback to make those quick reads and for that running game, for everything to work coherently. When you have a, like, as, as, as Joe said, a revolving door at, in, on the line, you're just going to be running into the same problems year in, year out. You need those guys that you just, you just can't replace that are just there uh, all the time. Um, and I mean, I, I'm not, I wasn't surprised that they went that, that route, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with the pick. No, not at all. And um, picking up on on sort of a point that we that we brought up earlier, um, this season's been a very strange one in college. Some teams not playing, some teams playing. Chaser out the year. Did he did he benefit from that? Is he is he getting is he getting a look in having one great season, and then and then sort of not oh, okay. Uh, Burrow's gone. LSU had, didn't have a great year last year. So has he has he read into that and gone? Oh, I don't want to play. You know, I I want to be I want to be taken in the top five. I want to, I want to live off my reputation. Is that is that a possibility? I think definitely. I think you know, coming off the season he had, I think he had 19, 19 touchdowns or twenty touchdowns of, of Burrow sixty, and like you know yeah. that yeah that is that is a remarkable uh, achievement. And you know when you when you've got an agent who can foresee what's going to happen, you're probably not going to play. But I think also what plays into it, LSU lost a lot of players after they won that national championship they lost a lot and, and last year they completely capitulated they, their quarterback situation was horrible um and i don't think i don't think chase would have had um he, he wouldn't have been given the same attention he, that he had uh, when he was on that national national title winning team um so I, I i think if he played maybe he would not have been a top five top six pick he might have been a top 10 top 15 um, but I don't really think it would have hurt his stock that much. I think he really is that good of a player. But ultimately, for the Bengals, Sewell was there, and, and Sewell is a player who's of equal caliber that is, in my opinion, in a more important position. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I agree. I don't think. I think. I think you could have still seen past that and gone. The, gone. I mean, seen, seen, seen through his talent. Um, I, I do think they should have gone Sewell, though. I, I really, I really think that was the smart pick there. Um, moving on from Chase then to an, to another to another wide receiver, a, a faster wide receiver possibly, a bit of a playmaker. Uh, Jalen Waddle at six. This was this was a surprise for me. I, I didn't expect them to go there. What do you um, think, James? Yeah, um, I suppose you could have this kind of a similar argument than with the Bengals. Like they've got options. There, did they really need to? To boost that, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I know all about the Dolphins' offensive line because I don't, and I can't imagine it being as bad as the Bengals. But they've got Devontae Parker, they've got Will Fuller from the Texans, which I think is a great move for them. Um, obviously, Gasicki at tight end, and I just think 
as you spoke about um, Penny Sewell being like a, a stalwart in that line for the next maybe seven to ten years, just a fix there when you've already got them options there was Waddle the um, necessity. For me, I, I was like you, Alex, I was surprised and I thought Penny Sewell was the, was the no-brainer, but I might turn out to be completely wrong. Can I, I, yeah, I, I, I think the Dolphins miscalculated this draft incredibly badly, and I think this is the first sign that they did it. I don't believe they thought Waddle was going to be the pick at six. I can't believe they traded out from us to 12 to go back to six. Yeah. I think they expected the Bengals to take Sewell and they would get Chase, and I I think they've given up a lot, because if you think about it, they've given up next year's first-round pick, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think it, and it's quite, it probably hasn't been talked about, talked about very much because they've been so good at accruing draft capital. But they gave one away. They've basically given two first-round picks to get Waddle when he's not the best wide receiver even in the draft. And I wonder if that will become something they regret. I, I do believe they thought Pitts or Chase would be there at six. I cannot understand what they were doing otherwise because they... And I agree with James, they probably could have took Sewell as well. I just think they've made a bit of a balls up with this one, um, personally. And I think it's gone under the radar that they've made a bit of a balls up because that is a heck of a move up just to get Waddle. That's my view on it. That, but all, all I've got in my head with you saying that is you taking Pat, you taking Pat Mahomes in the first round of the fantasy draft, and I've just jumped on Alan Robinson for absolutely no reason whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't done it. Uh, yeah, I, oh, oh shit. Uh, right, for alphabetical, right? W, oh shit, it's the other way around. It is W, Waddle, right, sound. I love him. Someone <laughs> agrees, but I just think that I think the Dolphins thought there'd be a better player there. And I'm not saying Waddle's a bad player, I just don't think he's that generational player that you would give up a first round pick, which they've given to the Eagles to do that. Um, that I think that was the first miscalculation from the Dolphins. I think they probably might wonder what they were doing at that point, but. Um, feel free for anyone to disagree with that. But you are a massive fan of Waddle before the draft, weren't you? I'm I'm a massive fan of Waddle. Yeah, yeah. I had him as the best guy in the draft, personally, in terms of pure raw athleticism, speed, power. Yeah, there's better there's better uh there's better players that can run routes and that kind of stuff, better pass catchers. But if you want to mould a guy into your guy, I think he he's the man for it. Um I, I that's the first time I've heard of the whole like they were expecting Chase and getting Waddle and I can see it. I think that they were always going to draft a wide receiver, yeah, and obviously it's happened to be Waddle. This for me is an ultimatum for Tua. It's like here is your weapon, yeah. We've obviously we've traded down and traded back up to six. If you can't make this work, then you're not our man. That's what I immediately thought when I saw the pick because I always thought they were going to go for a receiver, like, and obviously going for Waddle. And then with, with Chase going, you have to pick Waddle, don't you? Um, so yeah, it's that for me. It's Tua's last chance with that. And I know they've been brutal, but there's already there's a there's a few rumors going out already, aren't they, from the camp that Tua might not be the guy. Um, but then on the flip side, I really like the edge rusher that they drafted at pick eighteen. So I think maybe that cancels it out that Chase is, wasn't there for him. I think they had a good draft overall. And I do, I mean, Waddle's not a bad player. I just think they've maybe slightly thought the board might have fallen a little bit differently as it did. And it, I still think it goes back to the Bengals just not making the sensible pick, but it probably put a few people out after that. But that, that's just like I say, that was my take on Saturday morning or Friday morning, I think, when I saw it coming through again. So, yeah. But I don't know if James or Theo again have got a different take on that, but it's, it's just, a, you know, that's just how I saw it. But 
not to say one's a bad play, and I do agree to us in a bit of you better do it or you better go somewhere else and do it because um, there was rumours that they weren't averse to using it on a quarterback anyway this time around if there was a good one. So, yeah. Yeah, I, saw, I, agree. I agree with all the points. I, I do see uh, Waddle's um, massive athleticism. I do see him more as an interior guy uh, across the field but, um, between the numbers as, as, as opposed to outside. Like James has said as well, um, I think the I think the Dolphins have, have got have got guys there that can do stuff. Fuller, Will Fuller is very um, very dynamic and, and very he's got he's got a lot of production in him when he is when he is healthy. Uh, the big scratch there is is he is he healthy? You know, is he is he always healthy? Uh, he's been in the last what last three seasons or so. He's been been an eight seven eight nine game guy, even less than that sometimes. You know, and um, if he's not healthy, then then you're sort of looking a bit. Um, a bit scarce there, maybe in Miami. Uh, Devontae Parker is a bit of hype, I think. Maybe uh, like I, I, I haven't seen any production out of Devontae Parker that makes me that's make that's made me gone. He's a he's a he's a wide receiver one, and and he's a dominant guy outside. You know, he was great in college, but haven't seen that. And they've got a, a lot of good guys in the sort of three four range. I really like Preston Williams. I think I I was I was massively into him last year in the in my. Um, in my uh, fantasy draft, I really wanted Preston Williams because I thought that that he would be a good outside guy. He's six five. He's a massive guy, and I thought that they would use him a lot. But they don't seem to to use that much. And and Gesicki has obviously helped that as well. Gesicki had had a good couple of games last year, but I don't think he was as productive as they expected. Um, to uh, he's got a bit of a zip on him, but he wasn't expected to. It, it looked like he wasn't expected to. I might be absolutely lying there. You know, I mean, not flying for of mine. But it didn't look like he was he was being expected to 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 push the ball to to to, to move the chains after after one or two downs. You know he was playing, he was he was ahead of the ahead of the chains, so to speak, in in terms of taking three four yard four yard plays, and and that's fair enough. Um, yeah, I also expected them to maybe go for a maybe try and take a, a one of the one of the bigger prospects um, running back. I mean, I'm not. I'm not entirely sold on 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 the room that they they, they got. Uh, Miles Gaskin had a, again had a couple of good games. A good a, a bit of production came out of last year, but doesn't instill me with any confidence that, that if they, if they start on Miles Gaskin as their super bar, uh, super super back, you know, if we're going into FCF terms. Um, but yeah, that's that's just my opinion. I I do think they could have. I, I think I think if they'd taken Sewell there, I think it would have been a home run. I I, I do think it would have. But then. They've left the home run to uh, to the next to the next team, uh, uh, Detroit, um, who then finally uh, stop the rot with with Sewell and, and and take him there. What did we think? Of, what did we think of that pick? Absolute no brainer. Yeah. They they were absolutely pissing themselves that fell to them. Like they didn't need to do anything. They didn't need to play any tactical mind games because they have so much of the team that needs improving. For him mm-hmm. to fall to them, they're like. Like even even us, even this Lions franchise that's caused misery for so many years to so many people, have managed to have managed to redeem themselves at least. Like there's no way they couldn't have picked him. Uh, found it weird that they drafted two um, two defensive uh, tackles later in the draft when they traded for Brockers, but like all in all, they, they they've done really well and they just had to pick Saul. Yeah, I'd agree there. I think, yeah, as you said, they they have so many holes on their roster that you just you're in a position where you just take best player available, and that happened to be Saul. 
Um, and I think it's going to be great for whoever uh, replaces Jared Goff in the next <laughs> two years. Because, <laughs> I mean, let's be real, Goff is not going to be in there making plays as his line breaks down and he's got no receivers. I mean, um, you know, good luck to the guy. I mean, I, I watched him play for the Browns for a couple of years and you were sort of excited that, that Goff was playing because you just knew he was just going to be rigid. And if you got to him, that was it. That was their offense done. Um, so I think it's important that they have that left tackle for the future and whoever their quarterback of the future is, I think they'll be pleased um, that they have that they have Saul. Um, I think some were surprised that they didn't trade back. I think there was there were always rumors that, that they were going to trade back. You know, maybe maybe the Patriots were going to trade up uh, for Fields. I I thought that that they might do, um, but I think ultimately when when Saul did fall to them, I think ideas of trading back sort of went out the window when you've got player of that of that caliber right there uh, for you to pick. Yeah, I think I think I've seen you. Was it the first three picks have got? I think the combined weight was about nine hundred and fifty pounds. Yeah, so I think it tells you. It tells you a I think the Lions are going in one direction and the coach's press conference is probably coming to fruition that they're going to bite a few legs and or bite a few knees, as he talks say. I think the first four picks were defensive players. They are just in that position of being quite comfortable, I think, because nobody's expecting anything. And the, How long is Goff there for? Is Goff there for two years under contract? Is that two years, yeah. The, yeah, the Rams more or less gave them money to take him, didn't they? So, yeah, yeah they've probably got that type of turn it around and... A division with an agent, Aaron Rodgers, and uh, the Vikings, I think, are sort of in reverse a little bit. I think they could be playing the long game here. So, a, a sensible pick, yeah, for me as well. Hope, hope Sewell's got some uh, some decent athleticism if he's expected to get down and bite people's knees. Because like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's funny, because that, that's literally... I was like, this guy is... when Obviously, when Waddle went uh, at, at, at six... I was like, oh God, Sewell's still there. Obviously, I was hoping a bit though that he might drop to us. And I, I do think we probably would have taken him. I, th- I definitely think we would have taken him if he if he had dropped because he's a superstar. Um, or supposed superstar anyway. I mean, I, I watched him a bit at Oregon and he was a he's a beast, like he's an absolute beast. Um but yeah, when it when he dropped, I was like, Oh, oh, we might get him. Oh no, no, the coach, the Lions coach has just come out and uh talked about biting people's knees off and uh, kneecapping people. So I think they're definitely gonna take a an absolute plug and play, um, horrible, nasty right uh, left tackle. So yeah, my, my dreams were crushed. Um, but yeah, I mean it's a it's a, it's an immense pick. They, they needed him, and like James said, I think before seven to ten year, took a took a seven to ten year tackle, and they're providing that he has the productivity that we all think that he's probably going to have. His athleticism is crazy. His his size is obviously mental. So um, yeah, I, 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 nobody can argue with that pick. Then we come on to, I guess, the the the, the, mo- the most important uh, pick the the in the first round. <laughs> in my uh, in my own humble opinion, um, JC Horn goes at goes at eight to the Panthers. I'm I'm interested to see what you guys think before before I sort of rattle on about it. I like I like the pick. I think I think corner was definitely a need. Um, you you need that alpha dog, and I think. For me, Sertan was the was the number one corner. I think he's just got he's so good in coverage. He can do whatever you want. He's Marlon Humphrey, um, but JC Horn is the the real alpha uh, for his team. He's super aggressive uh, against the run. He's really physical at the line of scrimmage. And I think that uh, for a defense that struggled at times last year, I think you need a player like that, a player who's chirpy, a player who's ready to 
to get all the players fired up. And, and you've, you've got the new GM who was with the Seahawks, who was obviously with a team that was uh, full of those types of players. And he would have seen players like Cam Chancellor and like Richard Sherman that were always talking, always trying to get the, the defense revved up. And I'm sure he would have fallen in love with uh, with uh, with JC Horn. And, and um, I, I do like the pick. Uh, I don't think he was the best corner, but I don't think there was that much of a difference between him and Satan. So I, I do like the pick. Yeah. I think oh, you the death you. I think, sorry. James, very quickly, just to say, I think since Luke Kuechly moved on, you've missed that leader in the in the total defensive side. And I think that that's his personality. But I'll, I'll let James come in there. Sorry, that's all right. Um, I was just going to pick up on a point that I think Alex might have made earlier that the fact that he's, he's big, very very big, big wingspan, things like that. When you're in a division where you're going to be coming up against like the Falcons, like you said, and, and they've just drafted Kyle Pitts at tight end, who's basically a, a wide receiver, and they've got Jones and they've got Ridley. And then you've got the Saints who've got Thomas and things like that. I think it was a, a wise decision when you've got for the division that you're in. Yeah, I mean, just to jump on that point before I even bother talking about anything sort of draft related, that division has always been horrible. Uh, and uh, James Bradbury did so well when we when we used him to to lock up. Um, it's the I, I just think it's such a it's such a hard division uh, thingy wise. And then so put on top of that that. The last this last season and, and going into this season, our top corner is 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 Dante Jackson. Well, Dante Jackson's a zone guy, like he's he's really not that good. And like I, um we did we we really didn't have many in, interceptions at all last year. And the ones that we did have was because um sort of Jackson's drop back in either a really bad pass or or, or Jackson's dropping into into cover his coverage. He he blows man coverages all the time. His zone he's a he's a zone guy. Uh, even though he's got four free speed, um, I, I really don't like him, and especially not a a, 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 a cornerback one specifically, just because he's five ten. He's 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 very small uh, for a, for a cornerback um, in in our division specifically. You know, he's fine inside, he's fine at number two, but we want we wanted a guy like we said to, to put to put on an island, so to speak. When we're talking about cornerbacks, you use that phrase. You want to put him on an island. You wanted a man guy. One of the James Bradbury, a, a more, a more, um, uh, like Theo said, an aggressive alpha, alpha dog, a, a big, a big strong guy that's gonna that's gonna be able to help against these guys, against Thomas, against Julio, against Calvin Ridley, against Mike Evans, against Chris Godwin. The list goes on. I want to stop because I want to cry. Uh, talk, talking about the, these guys, man, it's it's crazy, and I and I really think. Um, I, I was speaking to Ross on draft night, and I, and I think I said, "Listen, I, I don't mind. I didn't mention it on the last pod, but I, I really like um, this guy JC Horn from South Carolina, from the from the Gamecocks." And you know, we were talking about it, and the, my my opinion overall on on the pick is that the Panthers stay true to their board, right? The Tepper um, rule, and I think another thing that I would do want to talk about is everyone was so sort of. Uh, in the balance with with rules, contract and, and stuff, and he's given eight years, and he's got all of this, and Tepper loves him. Is he going to be the guy? No, Scott Fitter was miles the guy on the on the night. You know, Scott Fitter did everything for us on draft night, and I think he absolutely crushed the draft. I think he I think he absolutely killed it. Um, but also, when you're looking at look at Denver's pick, Sertan. Okay, so then you go J.C. Horn, Sertan. If we if we had any partners to trade back with. Who are we getting? Who, who, who are you picking? That if you get back to fifteen with the with the Patriots, who do you pick at fifteen? It, it, if they if they really wanted a corner, and it really seemed like they did after we passed on on Justin Fields as well, 
which I think was looking back, I think, I mean, we'll obviously see Justin Fields can turn out to be the best player that we've ever seen. But in the situation we're in right now, the the coaching staff and, and the front office has said to Sam Darnold, uh, we'll talk about, our, I'll talk about our other picks in a sec as well. Um, but with this first pick, they've specifically gone, we're giving, we're, we're giving this defense a, a dog. We're giving them an, an absolute dog. Um, and, and and that's my opinion on it. Like, I, I don't think if we traded back, they, they really wanted this guy and they stayed true, stayed true to their board. And um, listen, I mocked Farley to us uh, when we first, when remember in our first, in our first mock draft that we did, obviously his, his medicals um, took him down to 20 odd, I think. I can't remember where, I can't remember where about the end of his life. 22, I think. 22, yeah. 22, yeah. Um I think I think we stay true to our board. I think uh, to mention to 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 count not to counter just to make a point of Theo, uh, looking at the boards. I think um, I think JC's measurables. I think his 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 wingspan and his speed was the reason that they took him over Sertan. Sertan's name wasn't mentioned when obviously they're not going to go. Oh, he's better than Sertan because of this. You're literally just putting yourself out to to get destroyed at that point. But they said. This and the reason that we got him over other players that were on our board was blah 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 his speed, um, his aggressiveness. I don't like how handsy he is. He's very handsy, and when you're in the uh, when you're in that that division, it, it's okay. Refs uh, might let go a little bit. You know they'll let you they let you jab uh, jab and jive, and they'll let you they'll let you play um, play the hand jive, so to speak, with with the receivers. Less uh, you don't get it as much in the NFL, you know, and and. If he's a if he becomes sort of a walk and holding penalty because we are going to put him on an island, um, we're going to give him that chip on his shoulder. You know, we're going to say, listen, JC, you think you're this guy, you're this big dog. All right, go play it, go go play up to your level. He plays big, he's a big guy, he's a good tackler, but he is very handsy down the strip, uh, down down twenty yards down, and um, I, I do think that could he'll need to get coached. His hips are a little bit uh, not 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 so fast, but yeah, at six one two oh five. He's a big corner, big windspan, and, he, and he's going to help us. He's going to help us against these big guys for sure. I mean, it's a massive upgrade, and that's sort of one of what I want to lead and lead on into. Um, sorry for the absolute rambling. Obviously, you're just going on about it. Uh, I do think this 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 draft for the Panthers was about need. It was about uh, value. You know, it seems like after ages of sort of draft, drafting these hog mollies that, that, that uh, Dave Gettleman loved getting, you know, it, it seemed like he always panicked and just went, just sorted the players by how heavy they were. Uh, and he just drafted the heaviest one, really. That always seemed like uh, Dave Gettleman's draft strategy to me. It seemed like Rule uh, and Tepper, and like I said, most importantly, Scott Fitterer, um, they had a plan. They, they had a plan. And, and that made me happy as a fan. They obviously, it seemed like they knew that they were doing um, we got lots of depth, just lots of needs and, and filled holes, you know, and cornerback was definitely a need. So upgrade is is the word that I would use there. He's a, he's a big upgrade. We we manoeuvred the board like the Pats. I know the Pats aren't sort of famed for their unbelievable drafting, uh, but that's mainly scouting and, and players as opposed to manoeuvring the board. I think he I think he was masterful, you know. Um, we got... One of my favourite things about the draft was uh, two... the. Two trades that we got, I think one from the no, they were both the third round picks. Uh, two trades, and we we got one with the Texans and one with the with the Titans. Both one pick for three, you know, <clears throat> and in a in a one pick for three picks, I think we got two fourths and a fifth from the Texans and a fourth, fifth, and a sixth 
Uh, fourth, yeah, fourth, fifth, and a seventh. Sorry, with the Titans, just for moving, just for changing spots in the third. You know, and 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 I think that uh, re- like really helped us. I think uh, the Panthers. I've heard this a lot when I've been reading um, reading so, some of the analysis about it. Every uh, so Fitterer and, and and Rule was zigging as everyone else was zagging in the league. You know, everyone was sort of had their sort of guys in this draft. Whereas I think after after Horn, which certainly was our guy, obviously when you're at eight, you, you get I guess you need a guy when you're at eight. You need to be a little bit flexible, but you need a guy that you're you're sort of going after. Um, people sort of got scared of the unknown. Uh, anyone can be anything. Uh, I guess that mantra with the with the season that we've just had, but the Panthers by that we started the we started it after obviously the Donald trade with six picks. We 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 had six picks in the draft to start the to start the. Um, proceedings on Thursday night, we've ended up picking eleven players, you know, and I think that was a that was a massive, massive boost for us because we needed a lot of depth, and I think we did end up uh, addressing offensive line enough. Maybe we could have got it. I mean, I think I was talking to some of you boys um, during the second round when I was really, really sort of hyped that Tevin Jenkins had fell as far as he had, and 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 I really wanted him, and then we traded back again. And we traded back again, you know, and, um, you know, they had a reason for what they did. I did really want Jenkins, um, but, you know, that was that was um, what what my what my sort of thoughts were about the the draft, uh, draft strategy, as it was from from Fitterer and, and Rule. And listen, I, I think they've definitely said to, to Donald here, listen, we've, we've taken up your fifth year option. Use it, man. Prove to us that you're worth being our franchise quarterback. You've got everything that you need now, uh, and let's do it. You know. Do you have a backup quarterback? We've got a few. I mean, you've got uh, James's favorite player, PJ Walker, and uh, <laughs> we took Will Greer in the third round a few years ago. Um, he's never been anything. He's thrown about three interceptions, no no touchdowns in his in his NFL tenure. So, I mean, if you want to call them backups, I mean, I'd probably do a decent job of backup as well. Two <laughs> <laughs> of them guys. <laughs> Just like how you drafted someone called Tommy Tremble. And oh, then someone called Chubba Chubba Hubba. Hubba. That was fun. It, that was, the best, that was yeah. the best part of it. Chuba 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 Hubbard, Chuba uh, Chuba Hubbard in the fourth, and Tommy Tremble in the third. Absolutely, they win the draft for names. Like, yeah. um, actually talking about that though, I do really like Chuba, Chuba Hubbard. I think was a bit earlier. I probably have had him about a fifth, fifth uh, in terms of value. Um, but I think we just wanted another scat, another change of pace behind McCaffrey because we had a, like obviously Davis has moved on. I did expect us, I did expect us to take a back. I did think we'd take a bigger back though, like a bigger, like a Mike Davis. Mike Davis filled in well behind McCaffrey. I think Mike Davis, when they were a two headed monster, he worked well because he could punish and then McCaffrey could flourish. But I mean, Hubbard is a is a, is, a, is the same sort of guy, a scat back, change of pace guy. Not really used in the receiving, but if he can in the receiving game, but if he can develop that and get better, then that that could be that could be a decent a uh, decent pickup as well. I really liked um I really liked uh, Tremble. To be fair, Tommy Tremble from Notre Dame, the tight end. Uh, despite the name, I think it was a a good pick. I think he's a he's a bit of an unknown. Uh, have you seen the name that's been flying around in the as a, as a comparison in the in all the like articles and stuff, Ross? George Kittle, yeah, a guy who just who come out of college a bit of an unknown in terms of the the, the receiving game, 
but he just loves blocking. The first thing he said, I think, to Matt Rule, or I think it was Rule on the phone who rang him, he just said, I'm just looking forward to putting NF these NFL boys on their asses in the in the run game. You know, he just he just lives for that blocking. And that, that can again get be a hype guy, get get guys hyped up on the on on that team, on on the team. You know, I really liked as well the David. Another sort of trend of our draft was picking guys that fell. Obviously, we were trading down. Um, Terrace Marshall, he fell. He was he's he's a first round talent on some boards. He fell from LSU, the wide receiver. Um, he had some he had some medical issues. He had some personality issues that, that were a problem. But he fell to the back of the second. I think we picked him with the 59th, and he was top top 32 on a on a couple of boards. Um, the Davion Nixon, the defensive tackle from Iowa. Again, he got he got suspended for for about six games, I think, last year. Nobody really know why. Panthers had a couple of meetings with him, and obviously felt that they could change him enough to for, to take him. But these are a couple of guys that are really talented, and and I, and I really like the I really like the the moves from the Panthers. Listen, uh, we we need enough. We needed tackles. We needed offensive line. We got a couple of guys. Deontay Brown, probably the biggest guy I've seen. Um, offensive guard from Alabama in the sixth. Uh, he had no uh, Alabama last year. Over 900 passing snaps, no sacks allowed. Um, 344 pounds, so good luck moving him. Um, so, yeah, just a couple of guys like that. Christensen in the third, you know, again, these athletic guys and, and, and guys that could have been, could have drafted high, obviously fell to us. I mean, I feel like that always gets chucked around at the end of a draft. Everyone's so happy with who they got, but no, I can be happy with the draft. And like I said to the, at the start, you know, I think the plan made me happier than the than the than what actually happened. But the, to to go into a draft with a plan, uh, was a sort of change change of scenery for me. I mean, the, the plan last year was just right. See that pick, get a defensive player, and this one was see that pick, trade it back. I guess that was. Uh, I guess that's what that, that's made me happy, man. I, I I liked it. It's it's. I think the the term "sexy pick" has been thrown around on this pot a few times, um, but I don't think we made any sexy picks, and I like that. I mean, it seems like they didn't. Oh, you seem like if you're making a sexy pick, you probably overpay for someone, um, and I don't think we overpaid on anyone. So that's my opinion on on on, on what we did. We'll ask you in October how you feel. I think. Yeah, exactly, exactly. When I think we're in the similar situation to you, Ross, where now we went from an absolute, uh, went from a proper depth crisis to now having over ninety-five people on the roster, you know, and and after some um, unrestricted free agents and and undrafted guys signed, um, we've we've got so many players that the biggest problem is going for them to to be needing to cut down. You know, if we out of eleven guys, if we can find three or four starters this year, I'll be very happy. Um, but yeah, that's that's mine. That's that's my review of of what we did essentially. Who's 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 next? Who's next in the order? James taking Mac, is it? Yeah, fifteen. Um, I I think I agree with Ross on this. Where if I was a 49ers fan and would moved up and give away all that stuff to take my three. I probably would be sitting here with a different outcome. Um, but the fact that we've just sat and haven't had to give up any picks or anything like that, and no moving up, and a QB who was odds on two weeks ago to be taking number three has felt at 15. I, I can't not be quite excited, to be honest with you. Um, mainly because we needed somebody other than Cam. I know we'll sit behind Cam to start with, but Cam just doesn't excite. Um, 
his legs have gone and his arm isn't that good. And yeah, not not my idea of a, um, of a, a franchise QB. Um, I also like the fact that he's going to fit into offense. Like he's, I think we mentioned on the last podcast that he's pretty similar to Jimmy, isn't he? Um, Very. Has a fit in with the McDaniel's offense, um, stop receivers, things like that. Um, also, the fact that we've got a pretty good run game going forward, that'll be the mainstay. And then if things don't start off very well, I think there will be pressure on uh, Belichick pretty early doors to get him in ahead of Cam, though. Will it be an open camp, James? I, I kind of would not be surprised if Mac Jones lines up under centre week one, but you think? That, that only from what I saw of Cam Newton, who couldn't hit... <laughs> An open receiver if he tried towards the end of last season and I but and he's not on a lot of money, but that was just a question. I don't know if Max gonna come in and start. It's it's a tricky <laughs> offense to learn, isn't it? But yeah. Bill said that Camdy's man um, to start with. How, how true that is, that I don't know, but like like you say, we said it on the um on the last podcast that Cam doesn't excite him. Yeah. You better draft. You better have drafted an eleven-foot receiver lad if Cam's going in the centre week one, <laughs> or someone who can run a two-point-five forty-yard. <laughs> I do like all round two and three picks though. Uh, Christian Barmore, round two yeah. defensive tackle. Christian Barmore. Do you trade uh, up for him? Yeah. Yeah, we'll I was going to say. Rounders, um, and we'll give two fourth rounders to get him, and I, I'm not convinced that was like the sort of plan all along. I don't think we expected him to get there. I think we expected him to possibly even go first round. Um, so taking him, I think, is a good decision. And also, Ronnie Perkins in round three. Um, last year, we were terrible at pressuring the QB um, with the other team. And with him possibly coming in as a pass rush, um, I definitely think that was a another good move. Yeah. However, the cornerback situation worries us a little bit. I would have liked us to take a, a cornerback. Um, That's what we didn't take yeah. cornerback. Oh no, you didn't take one at all, no. No, Joe yeah. said earlier. What was it? Uh, when one uh, when Horn and Satine went early doors, everything sort of unravelled from there. But I do think it was a quite a deep. Draft. I know that got mentioned a lot, um, and I was surprised that we didn't address that. And I, again, I mentioned this on the podcast last time. Not for this year because obviously you've got Gilmore, we've got JC Jackson, um, but but their contracts are sort of well, they are running out at the end of the year. And we, we could be without both of them next year. So I was surprised that we didn't address that issue. Yeah, I do. I, I thought when when we were t- obviously talking about um, the. The trade back situation with the Panthers, which I did think was a massive possibility coming into it. No one Fitterer and Theo back me up on this. Fitterer loves the trade back. Um, I did think that that if if you if we had found a partner in in the in the Patriots, I did think that Gilmore would have been part of a deal. I, I thought we would we'd try to acquire uh, Gilmore because I don't think we'd be trading out of that. I don't think we'd have traded out of eight going mm, Horn and Satan are probably gone here. I, I, I'm not comfortable with making someone else our, our number one, so we'll take a corner off you. Thank you very much. You know, um, but yeah, if, if that's a, if that's an issue, and if the pass if the pass rush isn't getting there, and it's an, and you got an issue with cornerback, 
that's a bit of a recipe for disaster on defence, isn't it? Mm. But as a side note, I know obviously we haven't addressed the corner issue, but for this year, with with the two that were picked, obviously Barmore, Perkins, and we've got Hightower coming back as well, obviously after he opted out last year. Um, I don't mm. think defence is a is a worry as such now for this year. Forward. Yeah, Gilmore's drop off. Do you reckon it's worrying or do you reckon it's just a one off? He's getting older, like he is. Yeah, he is. He's getting older, and I kind of get the same impression, like a, a Richard Sherman kind of thing, where he's he's losing. Obviously, technically very very good, but just the legs possibly going a little bit and not being able to to match the the pace of the wide receivers as as well as they used to do. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I, I do think going back to Mac Jones, though, he's he's he does fit that system. Yeah, better than better than Cam does uh, in any stretch of the imagination. I think Bill's absolutely lying for his teeth if he says Cam's his man. He's, <laughs> Cam, Cam's his man. Cam's his man because he's cheap as fuck. That's why Cam's his man. That's literally the only reason. That That's why we're going to be a contract. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I guess so for sure. Anything else to to, to pick up on there, James? Or was there anything else that you wanted to to bring up about the the, the pack draft or any or anyone else for that matter in terms of the the pats? Uh, I was surprised that we didn't um, take up Sony Michelle's option. So right. he'll be going at the end. Well, looks like he'll be, he'll be going at the end of this year. I think James White is out of contract as well, which is possibly why we took a, a running back in four. Right. Four. But um, I was surprised that we didn't. Have you been impressed with Michelle, though? Solid I think he's been neither here nor there, though. Yeah, I, think, <laughs> I, I don't think he's been bad. And I think the fact that the, the rotate a lot, sort of him, the fact that White's there, obviously, and Damien Harris coming last year. Um, but I, I, I was surprised because I think he's been pretty good, yeah. Yeah. Theo, what was your take on, on Mac Jones going 15? Do you think he's go earlier? Do you think he go later? Did you think uh, he has the he has the sort of credentials to, to be able to fit that role that Bill's definitely going to give him? Well, I think that if he didn't go three, that he was probably going to go to the Patriots. I don't think that any of the other teams who, um, you know, they're a bit more snazzy on offense would have wanted a sort of Jimmy Garoppolo type who's just going to sit there and and, and be accurate. Um, I, I think I think he is in the right system. He's not expected to be running around, being dynamic, making plays. He's expected to play that Tom Brady role, sit there, make good decisions, protect the football, deliver on time. I think... That's what's expected of him. What I'm a little concerned about is whether or not the wide receivers can create that separation for him to deliver that ball. Last year, they, it was a bunch of you know uh, good but not great receivers. Um, but I do like what the Patriots have done with the tight ends, going with Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. I think they overpaid yeah. for Hunter Henry. I do like Johnny Smith. Um, but Matt Jones didn't, didn't throw to tight ends in college. So that maybe will have to be an adjustment that might take time. Um, but I think it was expected that if he didn't go to the Niners, he was going to go to the Patriots. And um, look, they needed a quarterback for the future. Bill's not getting any younger. He still wants to win. So uh, I think the pick was just there to be made. Yeah. Same same point that you made there, Ross. You, you wanted this guy, didn't you? You wanted this guy this year and yeah, things yeah, that works. Yeah. Two things. I think one just it was the funniest draft room because it was the least exciting, and I think it had about three people in it. 
<laughs> was it Matt Patricia maybe I'm not even sure it was him but so you, you can tell that there's no teamwork in that organisation the, the other thing is a question for James yourself Alex Joe or Theo why not Fields that was the one thing that, that got me a little bit the, I know because why not I, I don't know why not and is, in, you know, he, still, he still seems to be the fourth best quarterback and he was available if they were aggressive yeah. so maybe even you know I think Dallas might have been in play to, to give it up um but right. that was only maybe Dallas, Dallas would have given up once the soul certain fall to the Broncos. But that was my only other question. Yeah. Max so going, yeah, that was a question. Since we're talking, uh, since we're talking about that, sorry to jump in there, James. I, I will let you I will let you have a go on that. But we are we'll 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 use that to talk about fields to, to the Bears. Obviously, eleven Bears giving up a lot uh, to come up and get their QB of the future. Um go on. There is a couple of knock on fields. I'll, I'll let I'll let James speak first. No, I was I was just going to say that with when the way the draft draft fell, um, and the picks obviously one to ten, and only Lance was uh, was gone. Apart from obviously the obvious two from from Lawrence and Wilson, uh, I'm not sure. Bill thought maybe we could get Fields at fifteen. Uh, just the teams that were sort of, and obviously the Bears jumped up and took them. I'm just not th- sure if he thought possibly the teams that had the picks obviously in place that he thought there's a possibility that Fields might fall and he didn't want to give up any picks or Gilmore or anything like that because he was happy enough with Jones as the backup that was definitely going to be there as Theo said that once he was, wasn't one of the 49ers he was he was going to be there and that potentially he might get Fields but obviously that didn't work out What did you what did you have on Theo uh, Pep? What did you have on there? What have I just said there? <laughs> what did you like my on... opinion on field. Yeah, go on. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, we said in the last podcast, I just didn't understand why this guy was just dropping in value so much. Like, obviously, it's been stalwart in college. Obviously, I know you can't read a lot into a pro day, but it does seem to bump up draft position, regardless of it basically being like, a training session with cameras on them. I thought his pro day was unbelievable. Probably only Lance having a better pro day. And it's like, and then you have all this, like, I don't know, like all this stuff about, oh yeah, but he's got poor work. You know, like you get all these like niggling comments and things. And it's like, like, can you really use this as an excuse not to draft someone with like the raw talent that he had? Like it's a combination of obviously Chicago going, right, okay, we've got a chance here. Because I don't think the Bears were going to go for fields, yeah? And it fell to them because obviously, A, he wasn't getting picked. And then there was this weird interdivisional trade between Dallas and Philadelphia where, like, obviously Dallas's corners had gone. Um, Philly were obviously desperate for Devonta Smith, obviously to give Hurt something. And it's like, that. that's... And then because of that, they've, like, swooped in managed to steal it from under other teams and obviously use and stuff not going for them as well. Like, I just think the Bears have had an absolute steal there. As it pains me to say it, as I love to see the Bears absolutely fuck up on draft night every year. <laughs> They've done really well this year and I'll put my, I'd take me out off to them. Like, they couldn't have done it any better. Yeah, but he could just be a Trubisky as well, couldn't he? Like, everyone was... Everyone, nobody nobody knew what was going on there and everyone, him, them taking Trubisky. If they've got the same sort of guys evaluating them, I'm, I'm sure they don't, but um, the bears, the bears just aren't allowed to hit on a quarterback. It, it can't, it can't happen. The bears just can't hit on a quarterback. They, I know. They, 
I think a stat, a stat that I love is the fact that I think they still have never had a quarterback throw over 4,000 yards. Never. I don't think so. I think Jake Cutler might have broke uh, might have broke that barrier, but Jake. you know, in in this in the his, in the storied history of uh, the Chicago Bears, I think that was a massive indictment uh, yeah, sure. on their ability to draft quarterbacks. What did you have on Fields then, Theo? What did you What did you think about his his fall? Yeah, I'm 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 with Joe. I, I I don't really understand it. I mean, I get the for me it was the Ohio State thing. I think the fact that um, they again, like I said earlier, they never ever really had that solid NFL quarterback but he's not like the other guys he's not this uh, pocket passer or this really dynamic athlete who's not accurate he is both he's a dynamic athlete and he's accurate um the the, the first read the one read thing is a little concerning um and I think that is what uh led him to fall because they're not running a pro style offense he's always been coached to make that first read um, but I think he's going to an offense in Chicago. We saw what Matt Nagy was able to do with Trubisky in his first year. I mean, that that somehow became a 12-win team and Trubisky made the Pro Bowl. And and um, so if he can, if Matt Nagy can replicate anything of that with a player of the, the caliber that we think Justin Fields is, uh, then I think that Chicago's got a steal here. Um, so as long as they can keep uh, Alan Robinson, as long as they... Sure up that offensive line. I'm I love, a little... I love Darnell Mooney, by the way. I really like Darnell. Oh Mooney. yeah, wonderful. There are so many clips on him of Instagram of him running such crispy routes, and then Trubisky or Foles missing him by about two buses. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, they, they've got they've got a good roster. David Montgomery really came on at the end of last year. They just need to invest in that offensive line. I know they've got Jermaine Fedi on that offensive line as, and as a Seahawks fan. I had to endure four years of him at right guard and right tackle and by God it was awful. So they've got their quarterback in place, they've got their weapons. Now invest in that O line, your defense is fine. And I think you can challenge the Vikings for that number two spot in the division. Yeah. Trubisky was a terrible field goal away from making the to beating the Vikings, wasn't he, in the playoffs. It was only because the Bears can't kick a field goal that even gets them out of that. So, like you say, I think Nagy is a decent coach, but in the fall to a good spot field, it's worked out well for Chicago. They've had an unbelievable draft, really have. So Yeah, they did. They did. Andy Dalton's uh, feeling sorry for himself. Though, but, uh, <laughs> do, you reckon, do you reckon the Bears have deleted their tweet yet? Andy Dalton, QB1. Hmm. I mean, he will, he, will start, he will start week one. You think he will? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think he, so. will. he will. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, with pick number 29, the Green Bay Packers select. Eric Stokes, cornerback. Shock. Right. We absolutely love it. The problem is, is we are we are a fairly successful team in terms of like we'll we'll we we have picks in the twenties pretty much every year. So because of that, these kind of players always fall to us. Um, people saw it as a reach, yeah, but obviously predictable Packers. Like, do you know what I mean? Like we've we've got very good scouting network. Like he's an elite athlete, runs like the winds. Just turned twenty two. Like that's that's the kind of guy we like to mould. To be to be a packer to get a player that we can get the fans behind, plays a premium position as well as I said before. Like with us picking him, that was almost like the middle of the cascade of all the corners going. Like Tyson Campbell went pick thirty three. Yeah, he was seen as like late third, fourth round. Obviously Stokes was seen second or third. If we hadn't picked Stokes, someone else would have, and he wouldn't have been there unless we'd had to trade up in the second round. Yeah, 
So that's fine. I'm really, I, I will say I'm really happy with our draft. I actually thought it was really good. Um, the might we could have maybe traded up to Jacksonville's pick twenty five, but no, I'm really happy with it. Yeah, use um, this to use this time to speak about your draft, man. Let, yeah, let us know your really, thoughts. really good. Well, as I said, I'm really happy with that. Like, I'm 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 happy with Stokes. Um, as as I said, you you can't I, you can't go wrong. I love that. I love the raw athletes that you can then mould into actually like a clever technical player. And with Alexander on the other side, yes, that's what you want. If you want someone that looks up to someone like him who's debatably the best corner in the league. I'm trying to not be biased here, guys. But he's debatably one of the best corners in the league. If you can get someone like him to le- learn off to, that's what we want. Do you know what I mean? Um, we then got uh, who's Josh Myers, sorry, centre, because for some reason, as I said, in I think it was the first podcast we did, I was like, don't extend Aaron Jones, extend Corey Lindsley, because he's the best centre in the league. And then what did we do? Uh, we gave Aaron Jones a lovely contract and we sent Lindsley to, uh, I think he went to the Chargers, didn't he? He was, he was free agent, like we got rid of him. So obviously we needed a centre, we needed we needed depth on the O-line. So that's absolutely fine as well. I'm really happy with that. Uh, first two picks, we addressed the biggest deficits, cornerback and I guess lineman, because we like the versatile people that can play centre and guard. Uh, that seems to be like... How, how we moles and one guy gets injured, it's absolutely fine. Someone else would go in and be absolutely stonewall. I was rubbing, uh, my, I was rubbing my eyes in the th- uh, when you picked one of my guys from Clemson, uh, but, Amari, uh, Amari, Amari Rogers. Amari Rogers, yeah. yeah I was rubbing so my I eyes. Think, um, Does I, that I say W-R yeah. next to his name? Yeah. <laughs> so, what I was, so what I'd say with that is like, I, I don't have any stats or anything, but I'm pretty sure that's the first wide receiver we've drafted like before round four in like a long time. I'm saying like eight or nine years. Is this because of the Rodgers fallout? I don't know. Like, would we have gone for someone else? He's good, man. Like, to be fair, he is, as you said, he's, he's your Clemson boy. He's actually a really good slot receiver. So he reminds me of, I'm going to use Packers players as an example, Randall Cobb with the build of Ty Montgomery. Like, people diss Randall Cobb, but the guy had the best hands in the league, man. He was just very small. Like, really, like, he just didn't have the chances to catch the ball. But if the yeah. ball was there for him, the guy wouldn't drop the ball. So, yeah. if I can get someone like that, like, that's someone that Rodgers wants, whether the guy still... And Amari Rodgers has built, like, a... He's built, like, a, a running mm-hmm. back as well. And like you say, yeah. he's got he's got that toughness to... He did the same at Clemson. He played a little bit outside, a little bit inside. Yeah. He's got yeah. that toughness and quickness to, to really... Um, to, to thrive in the slot. Yeah, we moved up for Rodgers as well. I think it was a fourth and fifth round pick. I can't remember who we traded up for from, to be honest. Um, but we paid a steep price for it. But like that, that's we we needed it. We needed that injection, man. Like with what's going on, like behind doors, like we've we've got to be doing things like this. So as I said, I'm I'm really happy with the draft, like in, in general. Um we drafted another O lineman as well. Like these, these are areas that were quite strong as and we need depth in. Because yeah. towards the end of the season, our linemen were falling and then we had like serious problems with, with the people coming in. So at least if we can have someone there that can do half a job from what the elite guys can do, uh, it would keep us in a much better stead. But yeah, overall, draft-wise, absolutely buzzing, to be honest. I, I know agree. I don't signed it, but I'm re- I was really <laughs> happy with it. <laughs> I agree, yeah. I think you got some, some, some really nice players in, in positions of need as well. Sort of saying this behind a little bit of a, like a little bit of a, a, a palm laughing face. Who did you draft in the first round for you? 
<laughs> well, you can say that, but to be fair, I'm very pleased that we didn't have a first round pick. We can we couldn't spend it on a player in a position that we didn't need, or on a player that was never going to see the field or that was going to be injured. So that was very pleasing that there was nothing to be angry and just mad about. So I, I suppose that that is a positive. Plus. Yeah, it's plus. Yeah. Um, well, without a draft, I mean, what what can I say? Three picks. Um, but surprisingly, I think. Uh, we're, we're pleased. I'm pleased with our draft. I think at 56, uh, uh, John Schneider said that um, he was about to trade down uh, unexpected. Uh, sorry, not not unexpected, expectedly. Uh, but uh, that trade fell through. So they thought, look, right, we need uh, let, let's take a player of need. Uh, both uh, Creed Humphrey, the center from Oklahoma and uh, Quinn Miners, uh, the beast from uh, Wisconsin Whitewater were both there at 56. I and I think a lot of the Seattle media and Seattle fans would have loved uh, a centre there. I think it was a position of need. And Russell's been banging on all off season about how he's the you know the most sacked quarterback. And and I get that. And you need to protect your investment. Um, that being said, they took uh, Dwayne Eskridge, the wide receiver from uh, Western Michigan. He's not a guy that a lot of people knew. Um, uh, I was lucky enough to, to have known about him for a couple of months. He was he's a really really dynamic, really fast player. Uh, he's small, he's compact, he's, he's a bit like Amari Rogers, he's built like a running back, um, but he's really versatile. He played corner for a few games in 2019 because the team were really thin there, so he just shows versatility. He's a great special teams player, uh, and he's really, really aggressive, and that's exactly what the Seahawks want in a wide receiver. And I think not a lot of people realize how big of a need the third wide receiver was. When you look at the Super Bowl teams, you look at Kansas City, they had... Uh, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Miko Hardman, uh, Travis Kelsey, the the Bucks, they had uh, Gronk, they had uh, Mike uh, Mike Adams, they had um, uh, Godwin and Antonio Brown, and yes, the Seahawks have Lockett, they've got Metcalf, but that's where it ended. And when we played the Rams, Metcalf and Lockett were non-factors. Da- Darius uh, Williams, I think his name, and Jalen Ramsey completely locked them up, and we we couldn't move the ball. We didn't have a third option. So I do really like that pick. He's really versatile. He's a great special team kick returner, punt returner, uh, and we need that sort of versatility. Then uh, in the fourth round, we took uh, Trey Brown, a corner from uh, Oklahoma. So I was a little surprised that we took Trey Brown, considering he's only five foot ten, and typically your Seahawks corner is six foot three, and his arms are longer than thirty-two inches. Yeah, nickel um, could it be? No, I don't think he will be a nickel. So in the last year, we had uh, DJ Reed who we picked up from the Niners, um, who they didn't think would play last year. He initially played nickel, but we had some injuries at outside corner. He played outside corner, and he was he was a revelation. He was unbelievable. And I think that um, the Seahawks have a lot of depth at nickel, and Ugo Amadi played nickel last year, played really well. So I think that they will go and try Trey Brown on the outside. Um, and, and, and I really like this pick because... Uh, I think PFF put some interesting statistics out there on 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 Twitter. Um, I think in single coverage, he allowed a passer rating of, I think it was 29, um, which was the lowest of any corner in the draft. So that was a really impressive thing. And another really impressive statistic, considering he's playing in the Big 12, which um, defense is optional in the Big 12. So you've got teams that are scoring 50 points every week. You're playing the biggest, best wide receivers um, and he'd never, in his last two years, allowed a game of more than 70 receiving yards on him. So he's a guy that was able to um, put up with the bigger guys. And uh, I think that 
he, he does feel a need. I think that cornerback room is now getting a bit crowded, so there'll be a lot of competition in camp. Um, but again, it feels a need, and I think we got good value in the fourth. But I think the most value is with our sixth round pick in Stone Forsyth. He's he's a man mountain. He's six foot eight, left tackle, three hundred plus pounds out of Florida. Um, I think quite a few people had him as a second or third round pick. Others had him as a, a seventh or undrafted. So there was there's a lot of di- uh, discrepancies on on where he should have gone. But I think in the sixth round, it's good value, and he will uh, he might be able to compete for the right tackle spot. But I think he will be uh, a long term replacement for Dwayne Brown at the left tackle spot. So I do think that uh, that Russ will be happy with that. Another player who can come in and be versatile and just be another body to try and help Russ when linemen obviously inevitably during the season go down. So on the whole, uh, I'm pleased with the draft. I would have preferred a few more picks, um, but on the whole, I'm I'm, I'm quite pleased. Yeah, that's good. I think I think you you can't really find a um, a much sort of different draft this year than than our two drafts. You know, us trade down and get as many sort of picks as you possibly can. You sort you of had the win. you had the typical Seahawks draft. You you yeah, exactly. sat there in the second round. There's a really good player on the board. You're like, oh, please, let's pick him. And then your GM trades down. You're like, oh, well, why did we do that then? Um, but I promise you. Uh, Picking loads of players, as as we know, the draft is a crapshoot, and the more players you can pick, the better the chance you have of hitting on one. So, I think that um, what what uh, Scott Fitter is doing there in Carolina should be encouraging uh, to the fans. Yeah, for sure, and I, and I I've sort of I sort I've, I guess we've sort of embraced it now, um, and and after that after that after the start of the second day where we were all staring Tevin Jenkins down the barrel going. Yes, this is exactly what we'd planned for, and then we took we, we moved ten picks back to just move ten picks back again. You know, yeah, and, it's frustrating. And it's yeah, like you say, it's just not sexy picks, and and that's it's frustrating in terms of you got to stay up for another couple of hours to, to see mm. a pick, you know, as opposed to anything else. All right, I guess we'll uh, the last one, um, the last thing that I, I want to sort of go. Boys, unless you've got anything else to, I'm just going to ask Theo. Yeah, so I, I want to dislike Theo because he's a Seahawks fan, but he's, he's, he seems really nice, so I, I can't. But the Russell Wilson situation, we knew Chicago was in for him. You, you mentioned that he's complained a lot, but I mean, I still think he takes some of those sacks because he hangs on the ball too long. But is Definitely. the feeling now that he's settled and that you're going to go into that off season in a tough division with a settled quarterback who wants to be there? Because I'd love it if he left, but I don't think he's going to. But uh, you know that's. Well, in the in the pre-draft press conference, you can imagine there were loads of questions put to to Pete Cowell and to John Schneider about that that situation in the offseason. And I think the general feeling among fans, among the Seattle media, was that Russ was never going to be traded. A, there was a massive, massive cap hit this year. It made no financial sense to trade him. And really, this was just a, a PR push to try and let Russell have more control. So. Uh, Russ had a big voice in uh, in the hiring of the new offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron, from the Rams. Um, and then I think these picks here, taking the wide receiver with the number one pick, is also, you know, the team listening to Russ saying, look, okay, you know, we get it. You want some, you want weapons. You've, you've seen what Brady has. Okay, we're going to try and get you that. But as you said, I, I think that Russ has to, has to hold up his end of the bargain because towards the, the, the last uh, six or seven games of last season, Russ was not confident. Teams were playing, uh, they were just staying in cover two, 
and and he was just not he wasn't letting it go he was being really conservative with the ball and he was making mistakes and a lot of the sacks that Russ does take are on him they the, the the guys have been blocking for four or five seconds and he just doesn't get rid of the ball um and that is the knock on Russ the, but hopefully with this new offense with this new Rams up tempo offense um there'll be less need for Russ to to hang on to the ball I mean, I hope it goes badly wrong, but, uh, you know. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Alex, that was what I wanted to ask, but, yeah. because No, um, no, it's a, it's, a great, it's a great question. I think we're all... Frustrating team, Seattle and my like, so... Yeah, I guess you know, I guess Russ holding onto the ball obviously can, can create them, sort of what seems like a bit of a coverage sack, but also it can lead to their magical moments that, that sort of create that weekend for you and, and maybe kickstart a revival or get you out of a situation where you've been... 14 points ahead. The team have now got to within four, you know, after, after a touchdown and a field goal. The, the, the momentum's all with them. Russ is now staring down the barrel of a third and 17 and he, he starts scrambling for about 11 seconds before finding an open Tyler Lockett over the field because he's just scrambled and ran around about four different different ways around the around the blockers, you know, around the, around the rush as well. So that's, it, it, it's peaks and troughs, I guess, when you've got a guy like that Um but the excitement uh, is always there, whether it's good uh, in terms of Russ or, or, or good in terms of Theo, uh, in terms of the Seahawks fans. Um, but yeah, excellent. Okay, Theo, lead us into the end there, please. What you rate? What you what you grade in your draft? I would give us a solid B. I think that I would prefer prefer taking a center. I think that might have if we took a center with our second pick. I think we would have been able to pick a wide receiver with our fourth round pick. So if, they, if we took a sense, I think I'm maybe giving it a B plus or an A minus. Um, but on the whole, the Seahawks didn't take players that we didn't need. We took players of, of, of in positions of need. Um, so on the whole, I, I really I can't complain, and and and, and I'm, I'm content with the draft. Sure, man. I, I do think you have a solid draft. Like you say, bit of a crapshoot. We'll see how how your roster uh, sort of ranks at the start of the season in that in that very competitive West. Division. Uh, Pep, go on to you next. What are you rate in your draft? What are you grading? A, a minus. A minus. The, the only fault I humble. would give is oh, hum, humble as always. The only <laughs> fault I would give is the Chiefs drafted a guy called Creed Humphrey at centre after us after we drafted Myers, and I would have rather had him toss up between the two, yeah. t- toss up between the two. But um, apart from that, I think we addressed everything we need to do. And yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, like usually, I, I I do things like this, and I talk about the draft, and it's just me whinging about the back <laughs> office for about twenty five minutes. And I'm actually really happy. Trust the process, man. We'll be absolutely fine. Yeah, I think I think like like Phil mentioned as well. Anyone who was sort of looking centre guard in the middle two, three, four range rounds um, had Creed on the on the on their list because um, he's an absolute beast. But yeah, he got taken up. But yeah, he was a, he, he looked a great prospect. But yeah, fair enough. A minus. I mean, we'll see, man. We'll see. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's 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 a it's a fine it's a fine. But we'll we'll be in the playoffs next season, man. So maybe we'll play use. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> James, what are you saying, man? Uh, I'll give us a B as well. Um, I like what quarterback pick just because the power fell. Um, I like. Barmore defensive tackle, and I like the fact that we've added um, Ronnie Perkins. Ideally, we would have picked a corner, and maybe he's a wide receiver a little bit higher um, to give Max some options. But yeah, on the whole, don't have an awful lot to complain about. 
Yeah, I think yeah, fair enough. I, I if and like we all say, I guess if if Mac works out, if McCorkle and he hasn't been, yeah, his name hasn't been mentioned on the show. It's proper <laughs> hasn't been mentioned on today's show yet, as it was as much as it was last week anyway. Uh, but McCorkle, if he works out, uh, obviously, I mean, you, you'll have to give yourself an, some sort of a if if he, if he works out to be the way that Bill obviously believes that he can uh, play in that system. You know, yeah, we'll go reverse order. I'll take the next. Um, I'd go. I'd, I'd go B plus. I mean, I don't think because we don't know how the players are going to work out, and because we, I do think tackle was a big need. Like we could have taken, um, I think I've a Darius. Well, not Darius. We could have taken Darius, but I, um, Rashawn Slater at eight as well, or Darius. Um, I do think tackle was obviously a big need. I wouldn't have taken them in that in that first round over JC Horn, but I just mean. That just proved that they were on our board, that the, the tackle was a big need. I then think trading down twice in the second and then taking Terrace Marshall, who I do think was a great pick, great value pick especially. But the fact that um, our first tackle, as a, even as a being in a position of need, came in the third round with Christensen, who who knows who he is. Like uh, I mean, I've obviously looked into him afterwards and and I, he, I did know him before. He's 25 as well. I mean... Um, I do think that was that will still be left tackle might be a bit of a rotation this year. Um, hopefully, Greg Little, who was our second round pick from last year, can be a bit better because he was trash last year. He was so bad, um, really, really terrible. Um, so yeah, I think we could we could have addressed another thing about it, but value was absolutely. I gave a I gave a plus for value and uh, and I enjoyed it anyways. I enjoyed the eleven players and like Theo was mentioned, you know, as many players as you can, especially in them rounds five to seven, you know, uh, is 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 great value really. As many players as you can get, just see if they stick. You know, throw as much shit at the wall as you can, and, and hopefully some of it sticks. So solid B plus from me. I I enjoyed myself. Ross, where are you going? Um, I've got two grades. I think it'll be a C C for next season, but longer term probably a B. I think. I don't think we look much different on the field next year than we did if everyone was fit last year. So I don't think it's a massive leap forward because I don't expect Lance to play and Banks off the analysis seems a bit of a reach. But I don't think we're a bad team and I think we could make a playoff run if everyone's available. I think longer term for Trey Lance coming in, if he's everything we want him to be, then this draft might look better in hindsight than it does maybe in the 2021 season. So... Um, just that thoughts there. I don't like I say. I think we've strengthened cornerback, but I don't think we're going to line up a lot different to what we would have. So I don't think it's a Chicago or a Cleveland draft. I think it's more middle of the pack. But we we find we found the players we probably need without any of them being maybe day one starters. Um, right. That would be my take on it. I think it'll be interesting. I don't think Lance starts next year unless it goes badly wrong for Jimmy G with his injuries again. So yeah, you don't even think you start at all. You don't think. Not if we're winning. I know we're brought in. I mean, Kaepernick came in when Smith got concussed, so there is that chance that something might happen. But Jimmy G don't think he's played in 16 season. I'll be corrected by somebody. So that you know, I think Lance probably starts just on history, but I don't think we've drafted him to play. I don't think he's got enough experience and enough time, especially with the restrictions in place with COVID, to get himself up to speed to start. And it would probably be a question for yourselves. Do you, who, who will be your starting quarterback next season? I, I, don't, I think it would be Jimmy G for us. And obviously Aaron Rodgers will be in Denver, but uh, it looks like Russell's staying in Seattle. Because Denver's draft was just to annoy uh, Green Bay fans, I think, and get ready to bring in Aaron Rodgers. But yeah, I, I'll give us a C, C plus, B minus maybe. But um, yeah, one for the future for us, I think. So 
Yeah, solid. I mean, I, Donald will Donald will start for us. I mean, there's we haven't got anyone else behind him, anyone with any, any bit of sort of now or or decent bit of uh, a decent bit of arm. Um, what about uh, Joe? Was the only other? James, actually, no, James. James, who's Mac? Is Mac going to start? McCorkle, is he going to start or is uh, Cam going to start? I think Cam. Um, I know you guys sort of have a, a different opinion and think that Mac Jones is in there to be slotted straight in, but I think Cam and then if things don't go well early doors, Mac will get chucked straight in. Yeah. Theo, who's your backup? Uh, we just signed Geno Smith for the third year in a row. <laughs> Um, he played. He actually played in one game, game last year against the god awful Jets, um, and yeah, he was as slow as I've ever as I've ever seen a quarterback. So uh, thank thank goodness Russ is not going anywhere this year, and thank goodness he's an Iron Man in terms of health. Because God help me, if I have to sit through a whole game of Geno Smith, I might as well not watch it. <laughs> and uh, Pep's on the on the Jordan Love train, no? Yeah, of course, mate. Like- <laughs> As I said, trust the process, man. The guy's going to be a legend. He's, he's going to be a legend. He's going to be a legend. He just needs to bide his time. He'll be. He knows what he's doing. It's going to be the next. I, Jimmy. I heard Jordan Love was the one that started the rumors. <laughs> <laughs> just passing all the rumors around. The hand standing outside there. Standing I did little outside pieces of paper Lambo right? with the flyers. <laughs> yeah, Have you heard what Aaron Rodgers just said? Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. as I said, it's like this. Obviously, is a worst worst case scenario if if for some reason Aaron does leave, because like the fact is he's he's just had no game time, and like we don't even like he wasn't even QB two last season for us. So it's like if we tried to throw him in the deep end now. It was like when Rodgers got injured a couple of years ago and we had Deshaun, Deshaun Kaiser, you know, the one, the guy that went 0-16 yeah, yeah. for the Browns, man. Whoa, that was that was really bad. <laughs> like, So I, yeah. I just don't want that to happen to a young QB. So we'll Definitely. see. Yeah, I also think if if anything ever happened, if anything does happen to Aaron, whether that be a trade or an injury and uh, Jordan Love steps in and, and is very successful, you know, and does a, and does a Tom Brady on him and, and, and takes his spot away, I don't think... In um, in Jordan Love's big wealth and fame that he will be in a few years' time, you'll get invited onto the Jeopardy. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't but think like, so. Can we just very quickly as well just laugh at the open? Uh, sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders pick in Leatherwood because oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is worth that is worth just a little rinse at the start, you know. Oh, I, think me- I used to love Mike Mayock, but I don't I don't know what he's doing. But, Should have uh, stick to being an analyst. He yeah. should. Yeah. He may be an analyst again pretty soon as well. So uh, yeah. <laughs> me, and, me and Theo were spitballing over that in, in a couple of text messages, but at least he's known. Um, I think we'll leave the podcast on this. At least they signed the meme connoisseur. <laughs> as Alex Leatherwood is is known among friends, the meme connoisseur, because he has so oh. many memes on his phone. At least that probably grades you as a I can't as a the, some of the stats were mad, but yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be a meme in about two years anyway, so that is <laughs> <laughs> safe boys well um, thank you so much for coming on Theo thank you so much for coming on man it's been an absolute pleasure hopefully get you on again um, before the start of the season no? um, we'll do. We'll be doing some preview shows and things like that I guess once mini camps start coming around and the rosters start getting smaller and smaller we can get some get a preview show in there no? if, if, you, if, you, if you fancy coming back on yeah I'd love to it's been great I really appreciate you guys having me on no problem yeah. man. and where can people find where can people find you on, on, on Instagram you can find me at nflfans.uk on Instagram. Uh, I've got all the breaking news. I've got 
I've uh, got well during draft season got all the mock drafts we got opinion polls we got uh game previews when the season comes around so uh just give me a follow on the gram uh, and you won't be disappointed for sure man thanks theo and and as always thanks boys it's been an absolute pleasure it's, it's been a ride you know <laughs> um and i'll speak we'll speak again, uh, again soon once like i say once the mini once the mini camps and stuff comes around and the roster start cutting we'll start doing preview shows and that so it's been a pleasure boys and uh, i'll speak to you soon Cheers, Cheers, Alex. Alex. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Ta-ra.